0: Today's episode of The Rewatchables and The Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you by Spotify, which has the best podcast listening experience around. You can change speeds. You can check out their great charts. You can discover new podcasts on Spotify. We're also brought to you by Heineken. Heineken Original Lager, made with pure malt and their famous A-Yeast, which makes Heineken an all-season, all-the-time kind of beer. What is the best cameo by Heineken in a movie? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that. I'm I'm gonna answer that question later during this podcast. There's a specific movie from the last 10 years that used Heineken beautifully. But right now you can pick up a pack or have it delivered today and drink responsibly. We're also brought to you by TikTok, a great place to discover new music artists and so much more, from viral duets to all kinds of trends and useful videos. So much of the content I hear about started on TikTok. You discover something new each time you open the app, even your favorite throwback song bubbling up again. Discover more on TikTok. Coming up, having an affair is nothing like taking a pottery class. Unfaithful is next. From the director of Fatal Attraction an Indecent Proposal comes Unfaithful. It's a scorcher, says Rolling Stone magazine. Stunning, powerful, sexy and smart, says Newsweek. Fascinating, steamy, profound, declares the New York
1: Observer. Sensational raves Entertainment Weekly. And the New York Times calls it explosive. You'll watch it with your heart in your throat. Unfaithful. Rated R. Now playing only in theaters.
0: All right. My old Grantland colleague, Wesley Morris is here. He writes for the New York Times. He has a podcast called Still Processing. He loves movies about adultery, people being unfaithful, sex movies. This kind of qualifies as a sex movie. This hits a lot of your yeah. checkpoints. Um, I'm going to start here. Is is this the best ever version of a Lifetime movie? Is this the most overqualified Lifetime mm. movie anyone's ever made?
1: Ooh, I mean, there's some good candidates
0: for this one. I mean Fatal Attraction would would be the 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 championship belt holder, but this is in the Mm-mm. this is in the
1: final four. Bill, I think I'm gonna upset a lot of people by saying this, but isn't I think Beaches might be the, the like all time <laughs> title holder? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> beaches. It's beaches. That's a good call. It's even got built in commercial break moments. Mm. <laughs> all like,
0: right, very fair. I want to start here. Okay. And and we'll get into why we picked this movie a little bit later, but I really wanted to do a Diane Lane movie and dive into this because I'm fascinated by her career and she's unbelievable in this movie. And I do Mm -hmm. think sometimes you could have a movie where performance is great, but the movie's not great.
1: Yes. And
0: I think her performance, her performance is great in this movie, but it makes me think like. We, we always like to compare actors and actresses to athletes on this show because uh, it just sports and pop culture are two of my passions. She reminds me of a great athlete who never found the right team. Yup. Ding, ding, ding. Who, if you did her career 50 times, there are some other versions where she's one of the most important actresses we have.
1: hmm And I don't feel like that's an overstatement, right? Right. But I've been thinking of, I mean I've been thinking about Diane Lane about like why um like why she didn't become one of the great movie stars um and I think it it yes she is she would definitely she's one of those people who never found the right team she's like been to a bunch of finals and like never crossed or like some semi-finals you know <laughs> right um but never quite got to like a, like a like a conference championship or an actual final, um I feel like part of the problem is, and you really experience it watching unfaithful, is she doesn't seem like an actress she's she's got this very sort of natural quality about her that is so it's not it's different from Sally Field and Hillary swank and and to some extent you know, like the characters, the people that Chadwick Boseman would turn into, like there's a goodness that comes through those people, right? Like Hillary Swank is just purely good. Tom Hanks has a little bit of this, too, a lot of this too. Um, so, but Diane Lane, it's not goodness that comes through you, but but it's an immense likability that is so, um, she just seems like she should have any other job than the job of of, of movie star. And, it just really works for her. She just has these like, she's got these little lips and these. Um, she's got a little scar of over her right eye. Yeah, she's got this hard look. And I think there's something, she's always, her characters are always thinking about what they're going to do before they do it. Like always. She's one of those people who overpowers the her,
0: Diane Lane. Overpowers whatever character she's trying to play. Like when she was in Perfect Storm and she had the Boston accent. Yeah. Which wasn't great. <laughs> but it was it was like, hey, that's Diane Lane doing a Boston accent. It, I never felt like she was playing a character. When when it works for her, it's always a movie like this, or a movie like the Under the Tuscan Sun or oh, Walking the Moon. We where can talk about she's basically just Diane Lane. And it's yes. like this super sexualized, compassionate. There's some damage.
1: Mm-hmm, there's some mm-hmm. story from the that's past it. that's some, it
0: like some skeleton or baggage yep but there's a good person inside and mm-hmm. and you could read everything with her eyes and when the right director movie taps into it she feels like she's one of the biggest stars in the world this movie
1: she got nominated for an oscar for and it makes sense the damage is so crucial bill that's uh, i mean I, I that's it none of the other people i just named hillary swank sally field Tom Hanks, Chadwick Boseman. Those people do not have, they don't bring some pre-existing thing with them that a movie never has to tap into, but you Mm. as an audience know it's there. And it just creates a sympathy. I just feel like the woman, whoever Diane Lane is, there's something that you want to protect her from. And I think that the, the damage part is such a, That's just, my mind is a little bit blown right now because it really reframes, like, maybe I thought this, but I definitely have never articulated what you just said. And I think it really accounts for um, the closeness that I feel, the irrational closeness I feel for her, even when she's not in a movie I like, which is actually, you know, to be fair, quite awesome. Most of her movies, yeah. Right. Well, you, you wrote a great piece about Chadwick
0: Boseman. I was proud of you. That was a really good one, especially very close to when he died. And I don't know. I was waiting to hear what you were going to say, and it was really good. And you talked about no matter what movie he was in, he carried a certain dignity with him that is a really hard thing for an actor to not only just achieve, but protect over the course of like five, six, seven years. And and I think some actors and actresses, and it's it's not a lot, Bring some quality with them that you become attached to, and for for Chadwick Boseman, it was that you mm-hmm. just liked him. He just there was he always felt like he was above the material, no matter what it was. And with Diane Lane, it was the same thing where she's just beautiful, but there's something you something you you want to protect with her.
1: Yeah, and she's been that way, by the way, since the '80s. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't remember. I mean, do you? Did you? Do you remember where you were when you first saw A Little Romance? I saw in the theater and that's what
0: (laughs) I wanted to go through this because it's really important to put her career in a context talking about, you know, playing for the wrong team because she was basically LeBron. Mm -hmm. She -hmm. was Mm -hmm. the high school prodigy. But in this case, she's in a little romance. She's on the cover of Time Magazine and she's in a movie with Sir Sir Lawrence Olivier. That's a really good movie, by the way. It still holds up. It's a little weird. It's It's a little dated. It's a
1: little weird, but it's it's still a a great movie.
0: But she's really good in it and it sets up this, oh my God, this is going to be the next great actress we have. And then in 83, she's in The Outsiders and she's in Rumblefish. And she has a key part in The Outsiders because it's this movie that has the next generation of great actors and she's the one actress. And it sets up this whole path where she could have been basically the queen of the Brat Pack and you know had the Demi Moore part in About Last Night and... Mm-hmm, you know, had mm-hmm, one of the, mm-hmm. had the Ally Sheedy part in St. Elmo's Fire, or whatever. You could just put her in all of these major popcorn movies and this is where it gets weird because in 84 and 85, she makes Streets of Fire and she makes the Ooh. Cotton Club, which are, Streets of Fire is like a semi-legendary disaster. Cotton Club is like, I think they've made documentaries about what a disaster was. Yes. But, <laughs> during that frame. Turn down the hooker part in risky business, the
1: Rebecca did she? Part. Okay, this stuff I don't know. This is Yeah, all yeah. yeah. Be so I stuff. did
0: a deep dive on this because I was like, wow. what, what happened? So she turns down Risky Business because she doesn't mm. want to play a hooker. And that's a you know, a star-making part with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then turns down Splash, turns down the mermaid. Oh.
1: That Daryl Hannah.
0: So those are two huge ones. All right. So then doesn't go well. She gets out acting for a couple of years, comes back late 80s. Still on my radar, by the way, as, as you know, well, a kid yeah. in his 80s. I'm like, where'd she go? Can she come back <laughs> in my life? She's in the big town with Matt Dillon. She's in Lady Beware, which was like a pseudo-erotic oh, thriller. Oh, Lady,
1: be- Lady She's Beware. She's pretty good in that one. Yes. And then
0: Lonesome Dove on TV, she wins an Emmy. But during that time, turned down Kelly McGillis' role in The Accused. Turned it down. I did not know that. And was supposed to be in Pretty Woman instead of Julia Roberts. <laughs> Stop had it! Schedule conflicts <laughs> had to drop out of the movie. They would already done all her costumes and stuff, and then they go get Julia.
1: I did not know this! Yeah. So she then, was gonna play a prostitute and pretty woman, but not, but not in in, in, in in risky business. Okay. Think
0: of those four movies. Just those four movies. Risky Business,
1: Splash, the accused, and pretty woman. But let she's me tell on, you she's on the door for each one. Here's the thing. This is why I love Diane Lane. Because she knew that she would not have made sense in any of those movies. Maybe (laughs) the accused—that's the only one that would have made sense. Oh, risky business! Risky business.
0: She could have. She could have done that. She
1: could have done that. She could have done that. But okay, so Pretty Woman is just a no. She could not have. Like they would have had to. They would have had to kept that movie an R-rated movie. But you know, because they changed the ending. Pretty Woman's a- well, Pretty When Woman's she was a, almost
0: in it, it was much darker. That right. was when they they were not- It had not
1: been disney yet. Right. So Pretty Woman, she she would make sense in the R-rated version of that movie that that never- I don't know. I don't even think they made it. No, they didn't. Um, and the, what's the other thing that she-
0: Well, we had the accused. Accused,
1: Risky Business, Pretty Woman, and- I didn't think Kelly
0: McGillis was that good in the accused. She didn't get nominated, but I, I think- but the she Diane Lane piece would have been interesting. I, she wasn't that. Yeah. She wasn't good enough to get nominated.
1: No, but the, I think she didn't lose anything by not taking that part. Mm. Um, but the, what's the what's the fourth movie? There's another one. That you Risky Risky business splash. The accused. Splash. And Pretty woman. There's yeah. another one. She would have made no sense in that movie. There's a kind of. I mean, it would have been an, would have been an acting challenge for her because if if we're talking about a person who had figured herself out, she would have known that she couldn't have been that kind of like. You know what? The other thing that your thing about damage is 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 right. I would add to that that there's nothing innocent about Diane Lane, right? And the thing about Splash is that that woman has to be surprised by everything,
0: right? By by the female star. Remember that movie Starman? It's like the female Starman,
1: exactly. Diane Lane has a world weariness that you there. It's hard to surprise her. Um, it's hard for her to be believably surprised, which is why she's so good in Unfaithful and why she's so good in Under the Tuscan Sun, um, which is that she doesn't see what's happening to her coming, and it's it's a personal surprise. Like she didn't know she had hmm. in her what the movie brings out of her.
0: Um, well, so we go to the '90s, okay? And she's just in crap. Yeah. She's in movies like Judge Dredd and things like that for <laughs> just years and years. And what is a Stallone
1: girlfriend, though. Like, she could have just been Stallone, Stallone female counterparts forever, I, I feel.
0: She goes for the Kelly Preston part, Jerry Maguire. Oh. And Cameron Crowe gives it to Kelly Preston. That could wow. have been another good one for her. Hey, Kelly Preston's good in that movie. I'm, I'm, yes. that's another one, smoking hot 80s actress. So I'm not against that one it doesn't really start happening for her until 99 when she does a walk in the moon, mm-hmm. walk on the moon. And yeah. people are like, oh, what's going on here? But yet she still does Perfect Storm. And then she ends up in Hardball, which <laughs> is a beloved, terrible Keanu Reeves baseball movie. And she just has like the nothing female love interest part. But she's basically the lady and Unfaithful, but just trapped in this weird Keanu Reeves little yeah, movie. I mean, yeah. And at that point, it just is like, all right, this just wasn't ever going to happen. And then in 2002 Unfaithful happens. Yeah. And we but go, whoa. I, Oscar. I,
1: I want to say that the thing about The Perfect Storm that I think sets up Unfaithful is I don't know if you remember this, but you remember the last shot of that movie? Perfect Storm? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what it is? It it's isn't it isn't it Diane Lane superimposed over like over the storm or over like the ocean or something? and she turns around and looks at the, maybe i dreamt this is this is this not the last shot i remember that yeah the, i don't remember that being the last I shot i feel like the last shot there's some shot in that movie of her like being longed for turning around and facing the camera from the back and mm. just being this object of of like this beacon of hope or something um but i i, I there's no way i made that up cuz it's a ridiculous shot um I think that people were just ready. Somebody in Hollywood was ready to, to reconsider her. And I think she was ready. Well, I don't know. She worked all the time, but I don't know. I feel like her... I interviewed her when this when Under the Tuscan Sun came out. Mm. I have no memory of it, except that like I met Diane Lane once. Um, and she was very kind. Um, and I think I might have just slobbered all over her. Um because <laughs> just, I couldn't believe I, because, you know, it's funny, like she's, ex, she is the same person in a, in a hotel conference room as she is in the movies. And I, I don't want to say that it's like a hundred percent, but the thing that, that, that draws you to her is that there just is no, there's no nonsense or business or anything. She just is, that's what she is. Um, so she gets nominated. Mm-hmm. In 2000, 2003. that Nicole Kidman 2003.
0: Nicole Kidman wins for the
1: hours. I, I can't even with, with these. It's it's Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore. Um, Julianne Moore
0: for Far From Heaven, Renee Zellweger for Chicago, Selma Hayek for Frida. Yeah.
1: Ryan I mean, Lane Julian, for Julianne Moore should have won that Oscar. Okay.
0: Um,
1: number two is a tie for me between... Um, Oh, you know, I really like Renee Zellweger in Chicago. I got to say, like, that performance is freaky as hell. Mm. Um, but they're all, all five of those. Well, I don't like The Hours at all. I really just don't like it.
0: I didn't like um, it either.
1: And I don't think Nicole Kidman should have won for that.
0: Um, well, so once that happens, at least everybody who had Diane Lane stock for 20-plus years, I just feel like if you're going back last 40 years… Certain types of actresses who, when you're in a movie theater, they just jumped off the screen. Kathleen Turner was like that for, mm. I'm going to say, eight, nine years.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know,
0: like even Romance in the Stone, she was so beautiful in that. And she was just, had such electricity to her and such yes. energy.
1: Yes, and yes. And
0: such charisma. And you're just like, every time, Sharon Stone was like that in a bunch of movies before Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like that in Action Jackson. Yes. She was like that <laughs> in Total Recall where you're just like, man, who is this? And it's it's a pretty rare quality when an actress can kind of steal every scene by that, where you're just like, "Wow, what's her backstory? What's going on with her?" That's, and yeah, I don't I don't feel like there's a lot. Who would you say currently has that quality mm. in 2020?
1: It's not it's not a long list. Uh, no, it's very short. I you know I, another controversial selection. I would say Rachel Weisz has that. Ooh. Um, where it's not like, it's not like Kathleen Turner, you know, she's British. So it's not like Kathleen Turner's or, or Sharon Stone's or Diane Lane's. Like I don't, the, the Brits sort of make a version of that, but they don't, they, they just, they wind up on TV. Like England has never given us a, a movie person who has the thing that Diane Lane has. Maybe Julie Christie, but Julie oh, okay. Christie For also.
0: For me, 1,000,000, 100,000, could present Julie Christie. <laughs> Julie Christie in the seventies. Yeah, oh, my God. Julie,
1: Julie Christie, though Julie Christie was mysterious in a way that no movie ever made ever got to the bottom of, and I think maybe that's the key to her stardom. But it also made her impenetrable. I wouldn't say. What she, about the Donald Sutherland movie? I thought that. Don't look now. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think that that's 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 close enough. But she was never. She never. She was never vulnerable. Right She was never um she couldn't have made unfaithful Julie Christie. like it just would have been she would she doesn't she doesn't make those kinds of mistakes. There's something right, right. about Julie Christie that is just impervious, even when she's making a mistake, I would have to find another word besides mistake because it just seems like that that's not what she's doing. you know um, it's funny,
0: like Jennifer Aniston is somebody who doesn't have the quality Diane Lane has. No. But Jennifer Aniston has tried to be this, tried to be a Diane Lane character in a couple Mm -hmm, different movies. mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's that
0: one piece missing. Yes, yes. Where it's just like, I'm not
1: buying it. I don't think you're damaged like this. Mm -mm. And I don't know. Um, But conversely, I think the thing that lets Jennifer Aniston be Jennifer Aniston is that she has no damage. And she has no, there's nothing, there's no backstory that you want to know about anything Jennifer Aniston does. It's just all right there on the surface. There's so many questions with Diane Lee. We can t- and they all, I ask every one of them when I watch this movie. There's so many like whys and hows um, and unfaithful that, that I, 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 let's, just, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. But, Another but one that's that's that a good had comparison.
0: it, Carrie Washington had it a little bit for me for a few years where you're reading her face and mm-hmm. you feel like she's not telling you stuff. There's more going on like in her eyes and her face and and you can kind of see through it. She's that weird Chris Rock movie that where it's like, I think I love my wife
1: or whatever. Or oh, oh, right? she's the fantasy. That's another she's French like the movie remake. Yes. Carrie
0: Washington's like out of control in that movie. Yeah. I think she's really
1: good. That movie is. It's not a great very movie, bad. but she's very really good in it.
0: So anyway, um Diane Lane, here's my here's my ultimate take on her. Okay. If she gets the Ellen Pompeo part in Gray's Anatomy, <laughs> she's kind of the the well overqualified Ellen Pompeo. If that <laughs> show had happened five years earlier and she's the up-and-coming doctor. Oh my god. She just god. would have been on TV just crushing it, making 20 million a year for 15 years.
1: Oh my God. And Bill. they could have
0: made movies on the side. Like the, she actually should have been a TV actress who did movies. <laughs>
1: Bill, Bill, wait. There's you just unlocked a whole like like avenue to walk down for one second. So let's just go one block. Okay. Ellen Pompeo. She has all of the qualities like a lot of the qualities Diane Lane does have. And yet and I I I'm not a big Greys watcher. I don't I, I've watched maybe like 3 total I'm seasons of that show. But I find Ellen Pompeo sort of um it, on the show I find her character insufferable. Like I can't bear anything that any situation that character gets put in. I don't care. Meredith Gray is just not interesting to me. Um, There's no mystery there. If Diane Lane was playing her, she'd be interesting to you. It would be the number one show in my life. Maybe of all (laughs) time. Because I think the stupid stuff they ask Ellen Pompeo to do and they they've been asking her to do the whole time is it just would seem kind of credible if Diane Lane had to figure out how to act it. Um, wow, that's a good one. I mean, because you know, the other place you just took me a little bit was she also was somebody, if things had gone different, would have wound up on a soap opera. Like, like a date, a daytime soap or a nighttime soap. And she would have been, she would have a pile of Emmys cuz she'd be the best actress in daytime. But the, the her edge is a little bit too hard. And she's a well, little you know bit... what other part would have worked? What? Jenny Gump. Oh, that's You really thought about this. I do. She's one of my
0: favorite actresses. It bothers me that Yeah. she wasn't in more really good stuff. That's why that's why I used the sports comparisons at the top cuz I'm always confused with Hollywood sometimes yeah. where Jenny a, how, much, how much luck goes into who makes it. And she made it. She's an Oscar nominee. She had a great career. But like who really makes it versus who doesn't seems like it's so flimsy.
1: I've got a question for Diane Lane. Yeah. How many times has somebody told Diane Lane to dye her hair? How many times do you think that somebody was like, if you were blonde, your problems will be solved, ma'am? God, that's one of her best qualities. Don't tell me I, I I'm with you, but I'm I'm saying I wonder if if some of what kind of kept her true to herself and kept her out of some of these parts that made other people stars was not just the fact that she she knew she would have been wrong for them. I think it's also that she wasn't a blonde. I mean, most of the parts that we're talking about other people having taken or things she was considered for or things you think she'd be good in all parts played by blonde people. Well,
0: let's let's take a break and talk about Adrian Line. Oh sure. All right, we're taking a break to talk about Heineken. They'd like to remind you that it's time for seasonal beers again. It certainly feels like it. It is football season. That's right. If you thought a cold, crisp summer Heineken was something, just wait until you taste the Heineken Fall lineup or Autumn, depending on your zip code. I like to say Fall is a new product. No, no, you know what you're getting with Heineken delicious. Green bottle, the whole thing. It's just the same great tasting lager that's perfect for any season. All right. So I promised at the top best use of Heineken in a movie. Skyfall, James Bond. Just, you know what? It, it, it totally makes sense too. It's like, of course, James Bond drank Heineken. Not surprised at all. Just nice, full, robust beer. Of course. Coolest guy in the world. It's going to happen. You can be cool too. Pick up a pack or get it delivered. Get Heineken brought to you. Whatever your style is. And drink responsibly. All right. So we're talking about Diane Lane. Adrian Line spots something in her. Mm-hmm. He sees it. Oh, He's yeah. like us. He's like, you know what? She hasn't <laughs> been in the right movie.
1: I like I got to a think movie. that it's just me, you, and Adrian Lyne who thinks It's the
0: three of us. <laughs> it's the three of us. That's it. We're the only ones who saw. He's coming off I mean, Nine and a Half Weeks, Fatal Attraction, Indecent Proposal, Lolita, which we no longer discuss, and uh, and Unfaithful. He makes five movies basically based on sex, bad choices, impulse. Yep. And this is yeah. his wheelhouse. And this after Unfaithful, he never makes another movie until this year. Apparently, he has one coming out in November with Ben Affleck and, and uh, the lady from Knives Out. Oh, Anna De Amas. Yeah. So he's 18-year hiatus is coming back. He is a unique filmmaker that I cannot even compare to anybody else. I know he's near and dear to your heart. Give us the 90-second um recap on Adrian line
1: 90-second recap. Uh visual, uh, visual guy, commercial director. Um, did a lot of TV ads. Um is this British? British? Uh, I would call him, like, if a French director, if Claude Chabrol, actually, whose movie Unfaithful is a remake of, yeah. um, one of his movies, if Claude Chabrol and Alfred Hitchcock had a baby, then just, uh, like, put him in the British foster care system, and that guy was raised in a whorehouse, <laughs> that's Adrian Lyon. Um,
0: that's good. F- that was I well f- done.
1: I feel the horny, like I would
0: say one of the horniest directors of all time.
1: Yes. I feel like he the the, the knock on Adrian Lyne is that he's all flash and no substance. He comes out of the same filmmaking approach as the Scott brothers. Um where, you know, they they're they're really inventive with the camera. They have a real understanding of how good editing should work, not for storytelling but for um, audience seduction. They understand kind of the brain chemistry of a good, of a well-edited movie.
0: Well, that's everything in Paul's apartment, right? Right, The right. smoky apartment with all the books and the close-ups of them reading Braille and every everything is about seduction. Yeah. I mean, take your coat off, close-up of the coat being slowly taken off the shoulder. Like, that that dude is one of a kind.
1: Yeah. envy V. Coates, by the way, the great late, Andy V. Coates, edited this movie. And it's one of her best jobs because so much of what's enjoyable about it is the atmosphere that gets created around, you know, in his apartment. You know, that... I mean, I... We talked about this before when I couldn't remember who edited this movie. <laughs> I was shocked. To, I was disappointed that I couldn't remember who edited this last time we talked about this movie. I don't remember why we talked about it. But um, that... The famous train sequence, which we will talk about later. But I mean, I don't agree with her choices in that in that sequence. But having watched this like a fourth time for our conversation, I'm gonna just cede the floor to Anne V. Coates because she knew what she was doing. I I I get it now what I what I what offended me before um about that about that train sequence. Adrian Line. the other other thing is, you know, his being a kind of Hitchcock impersonator but not as good as like a Brian De Palma, say, or an M. Night Shyamalan, is that he doesn't have any depth, right? He's not interested in psychology. And so he kind of is living, he's attracted to a particular kind of movie, but he's living and dying by the quality of the screenplays. And I would say of all his movies, he got two good screenplays. You're going to die when I say this. Well, you won't die when I say I like Lolita. I think the- that Lolita adaptation is pretty good. I think Fatal Attraction's a really good script and I think Nine and a Half Weeks is a good script.
0: Um, I would say he's really good at pulling truly memorable performances out of actors. He's who, a good director. When you look director. back at their career, you're like, yeah. oh wow, that was one of their best movies. Yeah, he's he a good director. He did that over and over actors. again. Even Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger, like, he tapped into Pieces of... And that's a really weird movie. It's one of my mm-hmm. mom's favorite movies. This is one of yeah. the reasons why I'm so weird. Um, <laughs> he taps into Kim Basinger, who only a couple directors really untapped correctly.
1: Right. Because yes. in the wrong
0: hands, she's just a bad actress.
1: A lot of wrong hands for poor Kim Basinger. A lot
0: of wrong hands, unfortunately.
1: Much like Diane Lane. Yeah. But, but the thing about Kim Basinger, though, is that she she doesn't have... Oh man, they're pretty similar, Diane Lane and Kim Basinger, except the percentages are off with Kim Basinger, right? She's more, she's more va va voom than Diane Lane is. Diane Lane seems like she's not an actress, but she's a school teacher who wound up in a movie, right? right. She's your kid's fourth grade teacher. Rachel was- Ward
0: was like that too. That was another one who Oh, like Rachel Ward. Yeah. Rachel Ward, yes. I never felt like she was an actual actress. They just kept yes. grabbing her from restaurants
1: because they don't she isn't there's nothing showy about Rachel Ward doesn't have anything showy about her Diane Lane doesn't have like an Oscar moment and if she yeah. does have like an Oscar clip moment it's it's something it's very interior but she's not somebody who's going to who's going to give like like a you know like a yelling screaming shouting speech she's all body body language and facial reactions and it's just yeah. I have a great
0: Kim Basinger theory for you Oh sure Born forty years too late.
1: Oh yes, absolutely.
0: She should have. She should have been a peaking actress in like nineteen forty six.
1: Yep. But she. But but look, she would have been. She would have had a market correction. Veronica Lake. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. Um, Pre Marilyn Monroe.
0: I think she could have gotten the jump on Marilyn by about ten years.
1: Yeah. That, during that ver- that
0: kind of Ava Gardner era. All
1: right. Well, Ava Gardner, Veronica Lake. I mean, she would have had a little bit of trouble trying to like get, like make things happen for herself there. But that's a good idea.
0: One other thing we should mention about Adrian Lyon, he's in this era, you know, you think about Nine and a Half Weeks is 86, Fatal Attraction is 87. This is like the video rental HBO Cinemax starting to come on era where either you're going to the dark side, you're just buying porn, you're, (laughs) you're buying magazines, or you're going to the rental store, you're going in the back room and renting a couple- or you're watching these kind of angel heart these kind of movies like it's kind of you're, you're yes. dipping your foot in the dipping your toe in the water and these movies are really pushing the envelope and they're they're they have this outsized market share that i think starts to go away once we hit the mid 2000s once i mean actual internet porn comes in you yeah. don't need adrian line Lyon. adrian Lyon's just not going to have the same impact it's not going to it's it's not going to be as like whoa people are having sex in a movie. It's like, (laughs) people are all numb to this shit now. They were not numb, and even in as late as 2002, I don't think.
1: No, but there was something that I think started to shift. I think you got increasingly fewer of these movies, and the internet was obviously upon us at this point, but I think culturally that the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal also ended the erotic thriller. I think that we got really prudish in 98, like at the end of the 90s. And I think that having gone through that and then September 11th happening, like right after, I just think we never got a chance to reset our relationship to sex. And I think we just, like sex just dropped out, like like, po- sex and popular culture and entertainment just dropped out of American popular culture.
0: Also weirder just, to go see movies like this in a movie theater as the years pass in the 21st century.
1: Yeah, well, you know? I mean, all the moral issues, but those don't start to creep in until I'm not even I saying the say- moral
0: issues. I'm just saying like people being used to being in, in their house watching whatever they want, and now <laughs> now I'm in a room with seventy other people watching Diane Lane and Olivia Martinez going at it in the uh, hallway. It's just a little different than I like. I remember seeing Basic Instinct in the theater in oh, Worcester yeah. in the early '90s, and it was just like, yeah, all right. Everybody you know, you remembers. Went and saw whatever. I, Joe yeah.
1: and I saw Sliver in the theater. Sliver. I'm afternoon sl- movie for all those people who say they saw Sliver in the movie theater and that movie was not a hit. What? Who's lying? Who that movie is like, was a hit?
0: That movie date. That movie actually people
1: saw that movie. Because was it a hit? I can't remember. I, I feel like it, it wasn't as, as big. I feel like it wasn't as big as people wanted it to be then. Because everybody I know was like, I was there opening weekend. Like, but were you because Jesus? Like it made one hundred and twenty three point nine million worldwide in nineteen ninety three. Worldwide, right? That's yeah. the that's the box. That's the international gross. It's pretty. That's good. with the internet. Yeah, I just feel like it. Okay, whatever. She was a star, and she was whatever very, her next
0: movie was was going to be a huge movie.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's true. She hit all, that point. We're all there. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. Before we uh before we get to the categories, a couple quick things. This movie was $50 million budget made $118 million worldwide. Roger Ebert, three stars. hmm Quote, instead of pumping up the plot with recycled manufactured thrills, it's content to contemplate two reasonably sane adults who get themselves into an almost insoluble dilemma. So the big, there are two different things going on with this actual movie, Which mm-hmm. and, we, and we can criticize some of the things about the movie in a second. One was the studios battling with Adrian Lyon about the couple's relationship.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. Why
0: is she cheating? And Mm -hmm. there was an early draft. Richard Gere said that they had a dysfunctional sexual relationship, which gave Connie a reason to go cheat on him. And the studio wanted to change it so that they were having no sex at all. That's why she cheated. And that Connie would be more sympathetic. And then Gere and and Line together were like, no, that's actually not how it should go. They should have a good relationship. That should be why she, why it's so riveting that she is willing to throw this all away. It's like, you seem like you have a good relationship. You have a good life. What's making you do this? And Lyon said, I wanted two people who were perfectly happy. I love the idea of the totally arbitrary nature of infidelity. It's a mm-hmm. pretty interesting topic for a movie.
1: Yeah. Here's what I would say to that, though. It does a lot of cheating to still get you to think that something is wrong. Right. It 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 places it it places some sort of societal value judgment on the suburbs versus the city, for one thing. Mm, too and, quiet,
0: those suburbs. Right,
1: right. It's just sleepy. What are you gonna do today? Ah, I don't know. Right. They just seem like they might be a bored married couple. I yeah. mean, I wrote in my notebook. Are they bored? They seem bored. Um, and I feel like the movie is sort of, it's, it's slightly rigged to get you to root for the affair because yeah. it's just more fun than what she's got going on at home. Oh yeah. Um, and I don't like that. I wish that they had lived like, like in Tribeca and he had lived in Soho, right? Or like they had lived, Upper you East know, side. right. Why did I mean, are they in Connecticut or, or Hudson Valley? I can't figure out which I can't, she goes to Grand Central Station. Right. Yeah, Hudson Valley. She goes to Grand Central, but I can't quite figure out which town it is. Um, But I mean, again, also this is a fatal attraction. Every, he is, he is, if he's not consciously referring to fatal attraction, the movie is, the fatal attraction is so in his brain that there's so many fatal attraction references in this movie that it's impossible for him he's such a control he's such a control artist in some ways that there's no way he does not know all of the fatal attraction references in unfaithful adrian line right um and i feel like right and i feel like the idea that you're going to give us a, a movie about a woman who cheats and a man who respond i mean i just feel like it goes too far in one direction and yet feels sort of psychologically vacant at the same time
0: um, so that's the problem with this movie is ultimately, why did she do this? And right. it's never really answered. It's it, it would make like, would it make sense if, you know, Richard Gere's character is 15 years older? So mm. it's like, oh, good marriage. But I see it. She's a little, he's older. That's you a know, perfect maybe, murder. Right. So Perfect Murder, another one that I was texting you about, because I think that movie's <laughs> yeah. got a lot of good pieces in it. Yeah. If you take a Perfect Murder and Unfaithful and kind of combine the two, there's probably uh, a better movie. The Let other that thing, movie grew up in a whorehouse. Mm, the <laughs> other one with this is they could never figure out what the ending was. And yeah. initially there was an enigmatic ending. I'm just, this is all half it research. He shot five endings just because of his fatal attraction experience. So he wanted to be covered. I don't, I don't blame them. Studios like, "No, no, the 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 characters have to be punished." And then LINE asked Gear and Lane to return to LA and they actually reshot the ending only a couple weeks before the movie opened the theaters apparently. And that that ending in
1: the car, that's the yeah. that's the new ending that they shot.
0: And then there's an alternate ending where he gets out of the, they kiss and he gets out of the car and starts walking to the police station. So he looked at those and then he decided he wanted it to be it more ambiguous. They're stopped in front of the police station at the red light. Does he get out? Does he not get out? I actually think they should have ended it with the cot with that the scene. There's like three scenes before that when they're just working on something in the house and there's sirens.
1: Oh yeah. And they, they kind of freeze. That's the end of the movie. And then the sirens go by. I would have ended it right there, right? That's a that's a great ending. Yep. That's the I ending don't, I thought. I don't think I was we need the, the last first 10 time minutes. Around. Yep. Yeah. No, you don't. Um can I Can I ask a question though? I feel like the problem with this movie for me is I feel like nobody, now, I feel like nobody, people, nobody's being honest about what this movie is actually about. Like, movies about cheating, it's just not, nobody has to die. Like, I just feel like, why is somebody dead? Why did somebody die? Like, why isn't this just a movie about, it's not like Fatal Attraction where, there's a transgression, right? Where like, yeah. it's not like Olivier Martinez shows up at the house. He does something bad, but it's a humanly bad thing for her to discover he's doing. Why is he dead? Like his death makes no sense in the execution or in the in the screenwriting. Like it's a badly done murder. Um, and then I don't know how Richard Gere justifies... The Richard Gere character justifies the murder. I just don't get it. It's like nobody involved with this movie wants to be honest about what it is to have an affair or cheat. It's like they've cheated, maybe, but the real thing that should happen to a person who cheats is everybody should suffer. He should suffer for like leading her to cheat. She should suffer for having cheated, and the guy and Olivier Martinez should suffer for like having all those dirty ass books in his house. It just like <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Um, Well, we're going to talk about the categories in one second, but we're going to take a break. I have more thoughts on this. Hey, Marvel's Avengers is an action-adventure game where a young Kamala Khan must reassemble the Avengers to stop AIM in a future where superheroes are outlawed. Combining an original cinematic story with single-player and cooperative gameplay, Marvel's Avengers delivers new heroes and new narrative on an ongoing basis for the definitive Avengers gaming experience. Can't believe we haven't done an Avengers yet on the uh, rewatchables. I don't know what we're doing here. Assemble up to four players online, master abilities, customize a growing roster of heroes, and defend the earth from escalating threats. Available now. Embrace your powers. And since we're here, TikTok, I mean, music makes everything better. We know that. That's why it's at the core of TikTok's culture. Each time you open the app, you learn something new. Whether it's a new hot song, new recipes, or even words of encouragement, you're bound to find useful bits of information everywhere you look. The short, viral videos on TikTok cover a variety of topics in creative and educational ways, from household hacks to finance tips and lots in between. TikTok is a learning resource and cultural hub that brings helpful and inspiring content directly to you. You'll discover new ideas and find unexpected skills, trends, and information all in one place. Discover more on TikTok. Okay. Most rewatchable scene. We'll do this fast. We have French guy hits on Connie during the windstorm, gets her up to the <laughs> apartment, hits on her a couple of times.
1: Oh, you can come on up and clean it
0: off, no? Come on. I'm not an axe murderer, I promise. As soon as she goes up there, it's over. I'd like to think my wife wouldn't have gone upstairs. Who knows? Maybe she would have. But I'd like to think, she said, no, no, it's good. I'm going to find a cab. I have a cut knee. Don't you going up the stairs. It's tough. Um, you mentioned the Connie's trade ride, train ride post-cheat, the flashbacks, and all yeah. the expressions she does during that. That's a good one. I like That's the number scene, one. Yeah. I like the scene when she has lunch with uh, her two friends.
1: She's not like that. She's really- of course she is. That makes it worse. She is nice, and she's sweet, and her ass is in exactly the same place it was when she was in college. And she gets some in the bathroom, gets some in the
0: bathroom and just... It's actually like one of the best written scenes because it actually feels like three friends catching up, and meanwhile she just boned this guy in the bathroom.
1: Yes. In the middle of this coffee commercial, right. Is is this is Adrian Lyne, though. I mean, yeah. that is it's like peak Adrian Lyne, that sequence. It is, it is a it is a straight up like cafe. What is that? Cafe International Coffee. What is that? Yeah. What was that? Remember those? Oh, what was that guy's name? Jean-Luc. <laughs> it's one of those commercials. Right. <laughs> With with banging in the middle, it's like it's pure Adrian Line that sequence. My
0: next one is Edward kills French guy. <laughs> I really enjoy that scene. You do? I do. Okay. Uh, I'm not feeling so well. <laughs> I just uh. I, I'm not well.
1: I'm not feeling well. <sighs>
0: I'm not I'm not feeling Ah! (laughs) She starts attacking with the snow globe Uh, I I want to talk about that scene again in a second Then I have Connie confronting Edward Because she knows Because the Uh snow globe's back in their house And she's staring at him With that damaged Diane Lane Just kind of horrified But still looking hot Look on her face And then she's like Tell me what you did
1: What did you do? Did you hurt him? Huh?
0: Did you hurt him? And he's like, you tell me what you did. You didn't think I'd know. I knew from the first day. (laughs) You didn't think I'd know. I wouldn't feel it. I knew it from the very first day. Because I know you, Connie. I know you and I fucking hate you. I didn't want to kill him, I wanted to kill you. I didn't want to kill him, I wanted to kill you. Kill That's, you. It's really good. Oh yeah. I think the last half hour of this movie is actually pretty good. And I, and then I I like the ending, just the ambiguity of it. So, you think it's the train? I really I mean, like it, when he goes I I want to go through when he goes to see the French guy. Okay.
1: Yes, please. Let's walk through that one.
0: Nice wide shot of Soho where yep. he's standing outside the apartment being creepy. Then he turns around to go walk on the sidewalk. Diane Lane comes running out. It's actually cool how they do it. Then he goes yeah. back up. And then the whole interaction with the French guy is so weird.
1: I, I kind of feel like he's justified killing him with the snow globe. The guy's like kind of a dick. Yeah, he's a little bit. Well, he she told me that. Uh, what, what did he say? There's so many little dicks. She told Richard me Gare. you're the one who wanted to move. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he's
0: like, do you want to? He's like, I'm Connie's husband. And the guy's just like being like a French asshole. He's like, yeah? Do you want to come in, have a drink? Like,
1: it's just the whole thing's bizarre. Yes, it's so suburban. It's so suburban. <laughs> it's, uh, your life is uh, pedestrian and, and bored. I've got you. You give me on the Wii. And then he's like, uh, it was a gift, the snow globe. And
0: Richard Gere's like, I gave this to her. And at that point, it's like, all right, if you kill him, I'm, I'm kind of half on board. <laughs> Like, went yeah. they'd have sex with your wife, but they, she gave him the snow
1: globe, he has to die. Again, this is one of those things where, like, if you cast Diane Lane, you have to make every single thing she does that she can't physically do, that we find out she did, make sense. I don't believe that Diane Lane would have given him that snow globe. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was I, I had that in
0: picking nets. That's a weird one. Like, hey, let me let me give you this gift that can be directly traced to me.
1: Second hand secondhand gifts like from your just, husband. What a, from what are your fuck you from to a, your husband from the man you love? Like yeah. I don't I don't think Diane Lane would do that.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh what's age the best? I like seeing early 2000s Soho.
1: Mm-hmm. The meatpacking district substitute from Fatal Attraction.
0: I liked uh I really like Paul Martel's apartment. And yeah, th- Adrian Lyon, he's blowing smoke machines in there. There's all this research about how everybody was ha- ha- getting bronchitis <laughs> and all the shit from there's so much smoke because he was he cared so much about having this musty, the sun coming through the windows look. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're in that apartment filming for a solid month and like everybody's sick by the end of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that apartment is the nine and a half weeks and fatal attraction apartments Not the same, but I mean, that style. Same kind of, of, yeah. But, you know, I can say this because I once interviewed Adrian Line. Adrian Line lives in one of those apartments. Of course he does. Not surprised to hear that at all. The next one. Oh, Bill, I was really hoping I wouldn't have to listen to any more of this. I think I'm
0: going (laughs) to cheat on you. (laughs) Yes! Yes, I'm getting the urges. <laughs> There's no words to this song, but if there were lyrics, it would be. I
1: have a feeling in my loins. Oh yeah. Do you you want me to put it in my butt? <laughs> I brought some condoms. Um,
0: oh
1: my gosh. Yeah, good job with yeah. the score. It really feels very cheaty. Um it, but it doesn't, but again, this is this is what I don't condone. It is that is that is like what what tissues is this movie selling? Like what, what, <laughs> what, like what spritzer is that movie selling? I just don't. It also, I've watched a lot of lesbian movies. That yeah. is music from one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, Claire, Claire, is it Claire of the moon? Claire of the moon. One of the worst movies ever made about a lesbian, uh, two women at a, at a writer's retreat who fall in love. um, Atrocious movie, but that music sounds like it belongs in Claire of the Moon. Anyway, go on. I
0: like any movie where somebody says to an older kind of scary looking guy, I want you to follow somebody. I want you to follow my (laughs) wife. When when has that ever not led to good stuff in a movie? It's always good 100% of the time. I want you to follow somebody. I want you to follow my wife. Uh Uh-oh. It's on now. That it's Uncle June it makes it even even crazier. And it's Uncle June. So happy to see him. <laughs> I like when she finds the photos in Edward's jacket at the dry cleaners, and Adrian lines like, "I'm just going to show the dry cleaners going around and she and her friends talking, but you can't hear." Her, and he's very good at. My life is falling apart. I'm about to have an aneurysm, and I'm going to show this movie style for a minute.
1: Can I just ask a question, though? Yeah. I like to. This movie is one of those movies that where you like, you just want to play the game. Would you do this if. That, that, that. So, would you do this if you had hired a private detective to follow your wife? The private detective gives you the photos proving that your wife is having the affair. And you keep you, them in your jacket and forget to throw them out? And you. Like leave it for your wife to do the dry cleaning so she can fi- she you know she empties the pockets out of every- I mean I know it's a stressful time for everybody.
0: This is you- this was in picking nits. He I mean he meticulously cleans this dude's apartment of all blood and DNA for 19 hours but leaves the <laughs> photos in his jacket. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> oh, you you my were almost Lord. there. Uh another would say the best for me. Just the, the lesson that I like to live my life by. Keep French guys away from your wife. <laughs> Just over and over again, it's been proven connect. Correct. What's
1: the What's the new Frenchman though? There's got to be like a new. Has he? Hasn't the French? Hasn't the sexy Frenchman now been replaced by like? I don't know. Who's has replace the sexy Frenchman? Like, who would you not want? Who Who should a person not want their I think it's been
0: replaced by the Italian, right? Mm, Frenchman's really? been nudged out by the Italians.
1: I no, no, I don't know. Spaniard. I'm going to say How about a Spaniard. Spaniard. No? You just get yourself into trouble when you start walking down these roads. But, like, it's more like, uh, I don't know, I got to think about this. Like, who, right, think who the it. replacement Frenchman, sexy Frenchman is? Because I don't, Olivia Martinez, this is the other thing about this movie. Olivia Martinez does not do it for me. Like, so my I'm wife not going up
0: there. My wife and my mom are 10 out
1: of 10 on him. Mm. Most women I know who love this movie, and there are many in my life, they also love Olivia Martinez. This is why. The Venn diagram between what gay men like and what straight women like. There's a lot of overlap, but there's a lot of there's a lot of free space for like each mm. orientation to do as he and she pleases. That's a fun Venn diagram to look at. What shape's the worst?
0: This is my mom's number one nitpick. Now uh-huh. I'm gonna set this up. Okay. Out of respect for my mom, who's a great lady, <laughs>
1: she is a great who's, lady who
0: gets upset that I don't give her enough attention on podcasts. I always talk about my dad and sports, and my mom's Listen. like, "I taught you how to read and write, <laughs> and that's why you're successful." <laughs> and you're always talking about your dad. Just so yeah. you know, I taught you to read
1: and write. So, your mother's anyway. a national treasure. So I don't. Yeah. I I'm with her. You should you should definitely talk about her more.
0: So her favorite actor ever is Richard Gere. Of
1: Whoa. all time, number Whoa. one.
0: Number one. Okay. Number one Richard Gere fan who ever lived and mm. even went up to him once at some charity benefit in New Canaan after a couple of drinks and talked to him.
1: <laughs> and I think freaked him out. I mean, he seems, um, he seems pretty spookable though. Maybe. So
0: my mom cannot believe anyone made a movie where someone cheated on Richard Gere. She's this like, it's inconceivable. Point. This is the equivalent of Of somebody dunking on Michael Jordan seven times in a playoff series, like it's just there's no way nobody's cheating
1: on Richard Gere. Can we park the car here for one second? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Richard Gere is talk about a person who never found his team. Richard Gere is the greatest movie star who never did anything great. He his whole career is almost now he. You're not giving him pretty women. I'm, I'm about to say, he did have that great run with Julia Roberts, but, I mean, with all due respect to him, that doesn't happen with any other actor but her. She, is, she has proven that she does not need Richard Gere to have people want to see her. Richard Gere has not proven... I mean, it's interesting when Richard Gere clicks with audiences and when he doesn't.
0: He's, he's um, not clicked a lot. He's
1: not clicked a lot. There's been
0: a lot of unclicking,
1: but there's it's not for a lack of trying. Hollywood really wanted it to happen for Richard Gere.
0: He was Goldman had a whole chapter in one of his books about this, where Richard Gere, like yes. for eight straight years, was like oh for nine, and then Pretty but Woman happened.
1: I think that people, I think there's a real, I think there are enough people like your mom who who feel something for him. He does not do it for me. He 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 is never he is physically one of the most handsome men I uh, you know but not in the movies. He's not one of the most handsome men ever to be in a movie. He's one of the most handsome men to see on a train or in line at the supermarket or you know picking up your kids from school one day. But there's something about him and this is why he always plays like bankers and lawyers. He played a homeless man once A couple years ago, and it was like a real stretch to kind of get you over the leap into like
0: this. Well, you got to go backwards with him, though. He does American Gigolo, which is an amazing. I I mean, talk about movies that have aged in bizarre ways. That one with the Blondie score, that movie feels like it came out a million years ago. That made him a star.
1: It's an, but it, but also American Gigolo holds up. It holds up. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a movie with ideas, but the thing about it is. Nothing is happening that's coming out of Richard Gear. It's Paul Schrader doing all the work, right? Like right. I, it's hard to explain. Richard Gere is a great vessel for somebody else's oh. Was this was this yes. American Gigolo? Yes, that's American Gigolo. Yes. Yeah. There we go.
0: We could play music and podcast um, now, apparently. Um, um well you can. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah with Spotify you have a well, whole library that, but then an Officer and a Gentleman was a yep. massive movie and they're, he's they're, great okay. he's like really great in that movie and that's let I me, think his best role ever
1: let me re-say this about Richard Gere I'm, Mayo. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it over with Richard Gear. I wanna do it this way Richard Gear is a necessary ingredient to realize how great other people are Richard Gear. he's Scotty Pippen yes he is Scotty Pippen Deborah Winger, Lou Gossett, officer, officer and a Gentleman. I love that movie, but Deborah Winger is a force of, force of nature. Lou Gossett, force of nature. Uh, Julia Roberts, I mean, he's not really that interesting and pretty woman, but his kind of blandness like accentuates how extraordinary Julia Roberts is. Runaway Bride. He's actually pretty good in Runaway Bride. But my, mom yet, loves,
0: my mom loves Breathless. It's like one of her six favorite movies ever. A
1: movie that did not need to happen. And yet, but that's like, that's somebody seeing, <laughs> that seeing American Gigolo and being like, we got to give him another shot. More. We got to yeah. keep doing it. His best roles, his three best roles to me, Internal Affairs. Oh, see,
0: I, you stole my thunder. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, go, go, go. I was hoping you weren't going to say it because I was all excited to say it, but then you said it. Go ahead. I'm sorry, internal affairs.
1: This is that's his best, the best part he ever got. So and
0: I 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. Internal affair is the Richard Gear I wanted in like seven different movies. It yes. taps into all the Richard Gear that you would have wanted to see on the screen for two hours. He's a fucking lowlife. He's capable of fucking anyone in the movie at all times. He could be charming. He could be a psychopath. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you.
1: I think well, first of all, nobody's going to write a screenplay that good over and over and over again for for one person who's also going to get the part. I think he might have been too concerned with being liked to keep playing that part over and over again. Um, what were your other two Richard Gere parts? Cuz I oh, had another Chicago. One too. Chicago. Yeah. I think he is so good in Chicago. Mm. I don't like Chicago as a as a as a movie as an enterprise. But I think that the three people in that, I think all the actors in that movie are great. Every single actor in that movie is fantastic. I don't know how because yeah. it, it looks like a piece of doo-doo. It's so badly assembled and you can't see any of the choreography and the way they structure the thing so that you're not really watching a musical. You're watching like a psychological musical. Anyway, but he he lets go of all of the uptightness and and. Sh- rest that he usually acts with and he feels so free but it's one of his usual parts he's just playing a lawyer right he's playing a yeah. sleazy lawyer in Richard Gere's wheelhouse but he he just is having such a good time doing it and it just it filled me with joy watching a person who's been making movies for 30 years at that point finally just relax and What's take your a third risk one? Um, the hoax um, which nobody saw. Oh, I like The Hooks. I love him in that yeah, movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. He is... I have another one. I have a
0: fourth one for you. Okay. This is obscure, but you know I love this movie. And the band played on, the HBO movie.
1: Oh, yeah! Okay. He
0: yes. plays the Bob Fosse, I think it's supposed to be Bob Fosse. They don't Bob say Fosse. who it is. Right. Um, yes. The famous Broadway director who's dying of AIDS. And he's only in a couple scenes, but it's a totally different performance by him. And it's yes. it's kind of fascinating, actually.
1: I would love to see what a Tarantino or a Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, yeah. You know, a surprised Tarantino. I'm surprised Tarantino never wanted to do one with him. Maybe he did. I don't know. But maybe Tarantino has, maybe Tarantino doesn't have the, has the reservations that somebody like me has where you just, you, you know, something's in there, but you don't know if you're Tarantino, whether, um, you know, I mean he doesn't Tarantino, according to him, isn't gonna make them any more movies. Is he gonna like, is Richard Gere somebody that he's gonna go all in for? I don't know. But well, I the do- irony of
0: this movie, this is a Michael Douglas part. This is a 1989 Michael Douglas part. Yes. And he played he played ver- yes. five different versions of this character. And yes. Richard Gere is doing a Michael Douglas impersonation, basically. Yes. yes. Um the uh What's Age the Worst? Another What's Age the Worst. We just did an awesome Richard Gere tangent. I, f- I highly urge anyone listening, Craig, watch Internal Affairs sometime. Oh, that Internal Affairs. Good. Yes. Yeah, that movie. Really good. Lori Metcalf,
1: Andy Garcia. Andy
0: Garcia is going for it in that movie. Ugh. Like, really, really, really full fledged going for it. Um, I hate movies where a character looks at another character and says something like, Wesley, do you love me? Con. Yeah. Do you love me? It's like I was just watching the end of Saving Private Ryan the other day, <laughs> which is so many issues. And he's at yeah. the Tom Hanks's grave, and the wife comes over, and he's like, "Tell me, I led a good life." Oh my who God! Who has conversations like that? Nobody. Wait, tell this me, is- tell me, I had it. A- yeah, and then she goes, "You were a good man." Who, who has a back and forth like that
1: on the planet, Bill? again, let's just get back into reality for one second. So, like, along the same lines, here is a thing that I hate in movies where people are lying, and you know they're lying, and they're in a space, but they're also in what we're supposed to understand is a marriage. And so this is, this is an actual line of dialogue. Are you okay? I'm fine. And end a scene. <laughs> right. Like, you cannot be serious with this like you either don't have that scene there's so many things in this movie where like i feel like it's walking right up to the edge of what it's like to be in a in a kind of marriage where something is going on but nobody's talking about it but then people are talking and they're just saying gibberish and it But like, that's the thing if you just take that stuff out his the
0: way he's kind of watching her and yes. he knows something's up you don't need him to say anything. You don't he's need just him to like
1: say a word.
0: where are you going? I have a thing at twelve o'clock. I can't and then he's just kind of eyeballing her. You don't need him to then call the store to see if she or the uh the nail salon to see if she actually has an appointment. They do explain too much because I do think you can accomplish all of it with how they interact with one another. um yeah. more would say just words pay payphones.
1: Mm. payphone's
0: such a huge part of any adultery movie back in the day now now it would just be cell phones
1: but she has a cell phone in this movie too
0: right so why are you using a payphone I
1: I don't get the cell phone when she needed a cell phone most she didn't have one then when she doesn't need it at all she's got one
0: and then um this is just that you're gonna love this this is just a personal (laughs) nitpick for me (laughs) the concept of using the school play ugh when some sort of couple scene where it's like, here's the scene where everybody's all happy. Let me tell you something. I've had two kids. The school play is not like this magnificent, wonderful world that you walk into. It's usually like people are fighting for seats. You can't hear anything. People are holding the fucking, their camera phone and holding it over. You're telling them to move their arms. It's never this idyllic.
1: I, this gets me to, I mean, there's a whole book to be written about movie biases. Like, what happens when you get married white people with children making movies for a 20, 30 years? Yeah, you
0: get school play scenes.
1: You get things like school play scenes. I'm not saying non-white people don't send their kids to school plays, but I want to know how many Negroes are putting us, wasting their shot at getting a movie made on a school placing. What a luxury for you guys that you've got a whole movie that you know you can just put a school placing right in the middle and just not cause any trouble whatsoever. It can be a plot device, it can be a way to bring characters together or drive them apart. The school placing. Don't forget scene,
0: the, the handhold that oh they my have God. to show, the close up of the handhold. Ah!
1: And and that the play is supposed to be a metaphor for the action happening in the movie, but because it's Adrian Lyon, it's just a callback to fatal attraction because the kid's playing a rabbit. I just feel like school play, opera scene, like um, those scenes in movies drive the
0: elementary game. Yes. Little um, League um, game. Yes. Soccer game. The Little League
1: game. Yep. I hate those. I'm so glad I
0: brought it up. That's that's really all I have for what stage is the worst. I mean, there's other stuff. Casting what ifs. Apparently, Brad Pitt and Ryan Philippe were offered the role of Paul. Oh man! And then they decided to make the dude French.
1: Do they say why? Because they think that that's what's exotic, like like the French guy, like Olivier Martinez is just what what they. I mean, it worked. I mean, everybody, every every person I know who likes this movie loves like likes it in part because of Olivier Martinez. Maybe because because it feels
0: like an. It feels like an eighty percent cheat, not a hundred percent cheat, because you're cheating <laughs> with somebody of different nationality. <laughs> <laughs> it's another white guy. This Richard Gere could take it harder. Uh, <laughs> all right, I mailed this to you already, so I'm not surprising with this. But uh, Jennifer Lopez' role was offered to her, and she turned it down. Mm. And my question, and she said it was offered to me. The script wasn't all the way there. I should have known Adrian Lyon was going to kill it. And then when Diane Lane got nominated, she said, "I want to literally like shoot my toe off." She's bummed out. So, J.Lo in this movie, there's... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, look, nobody... I, it's a movie I've always wanted her to make. Like, just like, hey, put y- yes. it on the table. Make some crazy sex movie, J.Lo.
1: Nobody's rooting more. Nobody has been rooting... Well, I mean, many people have been rooting more for J.Lo in their lives than I have. But I'm one of the people who's been rooting for her the You're whole
0: J. Lo time. J.Lo actor-truther. Y-
1: well, I mean, if I'm a J-Lo actor truther, I have to say what I'm about to say, which is that- Yeah. No. She, okay. Like, she made the right choice. Okay. Like, this movie, she doesn't get nominated for this because the thing that that you don't quite appreciate, Jennifer Lopez, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she did appreciate it because she saw the movie and saw what Dan Lane did with it. But, like, it's a movie star part, not an actor part. And it's a particular movie star part, not an actor part. Like- it can only work with a Diane Lane or a Jodie Foster, or it's got it's somebody who who isn't around, but is like, like di- you know, they there. The, I'm not the buying J Lo in shit.
0: the suburbs.
1: Well, married there to that. Richard Gere I mean, would have been
0: just. I just I w- always would have been thinking it was J Lo.
1: We but there's so many things. I mean, it's interesting too about this movie, which is that we don't know how how those two people met. Like I have a question about that, right? Except this, the shrewdness of the way the movies work is that you know, you probably know if you're if you're at Unfaithful that that Richard Gere and Diane Lane have worked together previously. So three times at all, right? I think you don't need a lot of setup for for how they got together. Right. But otherwise, I really do want to know. I always want to know with women with the woman in a Richard Gere movie. How did this happen? How did you get married to her? Um, and so, if we're already plunked down in the middle of a marriage, I just have a lot of questions about Richard Gere's pickup game. I mean, I know lots of women want him, lots of men too. I just, I I want to see him pick somebody up and not have to pay for it.
0: Okay. Lyon cast Diane Lane in this role because he saw a walk on the moon and said she's sympathetic and I think so many sexy women tend to be tough and hard at the same time. Adrian Lyon, he saw that movie. That's- she's like, Yes. I, yeah. will make, I will have her cheat on somebody and make a movie. <laughs> uh, we're going to take one more break and then do the rest of the categories. Hey, I know we talk movies on this podcast, but what about sports? You probably heard about FanDuel Sportsbook's world-class sports betting app. They make it easy to find and place your bets. They've got some of the best odds you'll find anywhere. And they get you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Right now, new users can place their first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook risk-free and get up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. Seriously. No strings attached. Place any bet you want. If you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you'll get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in. Site credit. If you listened to my million-dollar picks last week on the BS podcast, I gave you the long shot parlay of the week with the Fando odds. It was Washington, Arizona. Both had to win. It was like 12 to 1 odds. Boom. Hit. So yeah, listen to my BS podcast on Thursdays for the million-dollar picks, and you can you can borrow one of those bets. Um, you could also play in our, in our awesome Ring Omega contest, which every week it's free. Five picks, one double down, you're good to go. Uh, Fando's football double up, always on promotion, available to all customers, place a pregame money line wager. and If your team scores 35 plus points, double your winnings. Max bonus, $50 in site credit eligible wager per person or one eligible wager per person. I recommend the Chiefs for that against the Chargers. And if you're ready to bet on the NFL, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Be sure to sign up with promo code REWATCHABLES so they know we sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, or Colorado. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable. Expires in seven days. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBER, West Virginia, one dot gambernet Indiana, 800-N-WITH-IT, or in Colorado, 800 4700 Okay. Best that guy, aka the Joey Pants Award. So, mm. Margaret, Margaret Colin, Colin? Yeah,
1: Mar- Margaret Colin. always yep. liked her. I love her. Yeah, I don't, I don't, she's one of those, I don't know why she ever didn't totally make it. Why? I don't know. She was on the West Wing, right? Yeah. Okay. She's been in some Um, good stuff,
0: but I I always thought she had a nice little fire. But I'm giving this to, he's like one of those guys. His name is Zyko Zyko, Ivanovic. Yeah, yes. Zyko Ivanovic. He's the detective in this movie, but he is like a classic, that guy. He was in Oz. He was in A Million Things. He was in, I remember first in Oz, but then he's just always in stuff. He was in School Ties.
1: He was the the teacher in School Ties. He was in School Ties. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, he's one of those people, you know, he's in everything. I mean, every movie I go back to watch, sometimes for these things, like there he is. Yeah, Old episodes of Law and Order, like many episodes of Law and Order, I feel like. Um the
0: Vincent there. Hanna give me all you got Award word for overacting. Couldn't really find somebody totally. So I'm giving it to Chad Lowe. That's the only answer. Chad Lowe with the what about your family, Edward? Why don't you take a look at your own
1: fucking family, Ed? Take a goddamn look at that. Oh, my God. Maybe yeah. you have should you...
0: check your family. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Like, Chadlow, why are you in this? You were in Melrose Place <laughs> eight years ago. Why are you an Unfaithful? The uh, Deanne Waiters Award. We didn't have a lot of candidates. So just because Uncle Junior's in it, he doesn't have a lot to work with, but it was so nice to see Uncle June.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. But Kate Burton's your winner,
0: right? Oh, for the, the one who had the affair?
1: No, yeah, she's she's no, she's the best friend. She's the woman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her, her. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I just want to
0: give Uncle June a prize, but we can give it to Kate Burton.
1: That's fair. I think Kate Burton's your winner here. Okay. Okay. I like
0: how she has that comment. There's a couple of nuances where it really does seem like they're friends, but she's complaining about Diane Lane's ass. Yeah, her ass hasn't dropped <laughs> since college. I was like, that actually sounds realistic. Uh, the recasting couch. I want him more from the little kid. I feel like if Richard Gere and Diane Lane had a child, that child would probably be um, a gorgeous child.
1: I mean, you can look him up now. Isn't he one of the brothers on Malcolm in the Middle or something? Wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he was, he's bounced around
0: and been an actor, but I just didn't feel like that was the child they would have had.
1: I don't know. He was charming and funny. I don't, I, um, I don't know. I, 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 I hear you. That's a, I don't know. Sure, research.
0: It. This was based on the 69 French film, The Unfaithful Wife. A lot of stuff on the research about Adrian Lyons' repeated takes for the scenes, especially the sex scenes. Mm. Um, Very demanding for the actors. And uh, he kind of wanted to break them down so that the sex was almost like they seemed like they were leaving their body. They were so tired. Um, They would do... Lane said after, by the end, you're physically and emotionally
1: shattered. That sounds weird. Can you imagine, Bill... Where you like just acting is so weird. Can you imagine a job where like somebody's dry gotta,
0: humping you from behind for six hours? Yeah, with you gotta curve? spend yeah.
1: like two days yeah. simulating anal sex. Pretty weird. With a person who just wants you to keep doing it over until you crack and you don't even know it, what like what the what the result should look like. I mean, when she there's a the great shot that you see in their first sexual encounter, she's shivering. And right. you're like, well, which take was this?
0: I mean, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, he wanted Gear and Lane to gain weight so they'd seem like a comfortable middle-aged couple. Lane was oh, like, no way. No Gear was way. like, I don't do that either. And he started leaving donuts in Richard Gear's trailer every morning, but it didn't take. <laughs> Both of them look great. And then um, Gear said on the on the act on the apartment that was filled with smoke. Gears said our throats were being blown out. We had a special doctor who was there almost all the time, shooting people up with antibiotics for bronchial infections.
1: Oh my god, Diane Adrian Lane had Line. oxygen
0: bottle. What a lunatic! No people give
1: didn't. David Fincher a hard time. I, I know. think Adrian Lyon is the madman.
0: Apex Mountain, Diane Lane, hundred percent, absolutely. Yes. Um, it, yes. Was, it was nice that I was nice that she had an Apex Mountain. I was worried we didn't get through her whole career without like some no. awesome part. She finally got it. Olivier Martinez, yeah, probably. Unless you want to say when he beat the shit out of Holly Berry's new boyfriend. I was, I was like that story. He t- was married to Holly Berry, had a child with her, and then she started dating. What was the guy's name? Gabriel Aubrey. Yeah. And they had an argument and he like he he won the fist fight in front of the uh. apartment. So it's one or the other. Richard Gere, no way. Uh Adrian Lyon, no. Reading Braille as foreplay? Was this Apex Mountain? <laughs> Can't remember seeing that, seeing Braille used as foreplay before in a if movie? If
1: I'm, how do I feel if I'm actually vision challenged? Like, if I'm a blind person,
0: how do You're I feel? Like, really, like, guys? Yeah, yeah, I
1: mean, okay. Yeah, this, you know what that's like? That's like somebody, I mean, that is like, hey, as part of our foreplay, I'm going to give you a spin in this wheelchair that's just sitting around my apartment. <laughs> Does this turn you on?
0: <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Apex Mountain for killing someone with a snow globe. I don't ever remember seeing it in a movie.
1: But but don't you feel like you have? I couldn't put my finger on where I've seen that before. But I feel like there's so many snow globe murders that I that we, <laughs> we just blocked out. I don't know. It's maybe it's at been a or something. Uh, Pick and order We covered a couple
0: of them. This is the big one from my mom. I, I texted my mom and I was like, hey, what's your biggest nitpick from Unfaithful that you've seen 330 times? Mm. Hers was, nobody notices Richard Gere carrying a body in a rug out of a New York City apartment. <laughs> I mean- It's not like that was an empty neighborhood. First of all, and a guy's walking toward him as he's doing it. Hey, you need some <laughs> help? I said, no, I'm
1: good. I can get this body in the truck myself everything about the murder is dumb. Everything. None of it makes any sense. Why he does it, the actual doing of it, the disposal, the disposal of the body, let alone the carrying, the removal of the body from the apartment. First of all, Olivia Martinez is like, I think six two. Richard Gere, I believe is five nine.
0: It's a heavy body. It's,
1: that's a lot of, I mean, and also, I don't know if you've ever dealt with the dead bill, but they don't do that. When you when you fold them up and roll them in a carpet like that,
0: yeah, they just they get they literally get rigor mortis because right. they're dead. You're, That's what rigor mortis. You're carrying is. a pole, yeah. Anyway,
1: I just <laughs> like and then to leave him at the dump like that, like no, motherfucker, you got to bury him. Like right. you can't just this. I mean, again, again, this is just speaks to the like weird entitlements of being a well-off person in the suburbs. You just think like your garbage. Just I'm just gonna toss it on top of this landfill or this um, the the junkyard. I don't know. Whatever. It's that murder makes no sense to me.
0: How bad were the police investigators? Uh again, there's DNA all over the place. It's <laughs> 2002. We know how to look for DNA. The, the, like a pool of blood that he cleaned up. They could definitely find that. I mean, uh, <laughs> fingerprints everywhere from his wife. His wife had just had sex in the bed and in the hallway. Her number's there. I mean, she's got parking tickets in front of the
1: place. <laughs> I do like her lie about the parking ticket, though. That was a decent, that was a pretty right. decent lie. But, but there is that one shot where, like, after, after I almost said Michael Douglas, after Richard Gere does the deed, he wipes his hands off the glass. And I'm yeah. like, I hate those scenes in movies because no, I need you, I need a sequence, I need a montage of you wiping your fingerprints off everything. It doesn't make any sense. They do this in movies all the time, where it's just like I'm going to take my shirt sleeve and and just wipe a little bit of this doorknob, and then I'm I think I'm good. I don't think they're going to find anything else. I just it just really it, it trips me out when when movies do that.
0: It's way harder to kill somebody and dispose of the body than this movie makes it seem. Oh yeah, and then but- to push to push the 200 pound body up. When the elevator breaks down to get it up. I mean, that, that should be like an Olympic event. I'm not sure LeBron
1: James could do that. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all. It's putting a lot of faith in our faith in Richard Gere. Best
0: quote, there's no such thing as a mistake. There are things you do and things you don't do. I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. You got to say it
1: the way he says it though.
0: I'm not doing a French accent <laughs> on the rewatchables. I'm not, I'm not even going there. Could this be remade as a 10-episode Netflix show Is our next category? I got to say, this would be a very good Netflix show. This actually would be a better way to do it than a movie because you could really dive into some stuff. If you were a seemingly happy married couple. Okay. And the woman's starting to go off the reservation and she's starting to have an affair with somebody. Okay. That is the seeds of a show that my mom would definitely watch.
1: But isn't that show called The Affair? And wasn't that show terrible?
0: Season one of The Affair was really good. Okay, but... And then, by the way, they made The Affair because Unfaithful was doing well, which is why it's saw the rewatchables. Because Unfaithful had like a 15-year run of all these cable channels kept showing it and people kept yeah, watching it.
1: It's on all and the they, time.
0: And somebody at Showtime's like, we should do this as a show.
1: Ugh, well, I think you got your answer. It only works as a movie. It's a one-season one show. A one season show, right? I mean, I just, but you know, I I find Ruth Wilson a baffling, a baffling. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Imitation American.
0: Probably unanswerable questions. Did Paul deserve to die? Unclear. You could make a case, yes. What case? Make the case. Make the case, kind of a dick when Richard Gere showed up. Open the door for a snow, snow glow bit. Maybe be a little nicer, a little more respectful. You're fucking the guy's wife for two months. Maybe maybe look a little sheepish about it. Something, anything.
1: Bill, would you open the door? Like, if if your if you're He are a dick. Yeah, I know, but I'm he, just- was He was being an asshole. But did he have to die? No. And did he have to die like that? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not for anybody dying for no good reason. This was a dumb reason to die. What what about in a weird Adrian Lyne movie? You're not, we can't have one death. Spruced it up. I don't know. But then it just made it unbelievable. The one thing about the movie, the one thing that's missing from this movie, honestly, is like, here's an argument for making the sex life between these two people dull. Let's say that you're watching a movie about a man and a woman living in like somewhere in Hudson Valley. The sex life is bad. They're not that happily married. And she meets this guy. They have this affair. She's lying, but it kind of like enlivens her a little bit. She's, 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 she's rediscovered something about herself. The husband finds out, feels utterly betrayed, goes and murders the lover. She finds out that he's murdered the lover And I know this has happened in movies. I I feel like I now can't put my finger on any. This movie is so full of cliches that are bland enough to be able to get away with without being charged with anything. But the thing, my twist is they find out, she finds out that he kills the lover. Yeah. And neither one of them, because they love each other, neither one of them, they just want to put the whole thing behind them. And rather than turn themselves into the police, they, they use this... It's a little bit in the movie, tiny, tiny, a tiny, tiny bit, but they use this to make their marriage stronger. He starts sexually. talking in a French
0: accent in bed. Yeah. A
1: ding, ding, ding. Role ding. Play? Yes. <laughs> they use this to make their marriage kinkier, mm. and you realize you're watching two psychos. That to me feels a little bit like a John Waters movie. Yeah. But it's also the movie that this movie needed to be more of. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: but- <laughs> More unanswerable questions.
1: Is Richard Gere a good actor?
0: Oh damn, you went just right a, there. the yes or no. You does know, does need to be a five minute five minute answer. Sometimes, I think he's a conditional good actor. Yes, there are good he, actors, they are bad actors, and conditional good actors.
1: He needs a script, but the problem with Richard Gere is he takes a lot of shots and not all of them go in. Like he's really his his points per game are low, but his shots per game high. And I feel like he I he made fewer movies than I've remembered him making, but I feel like he should have made even fewer than that. Mm. And because when he's good in something, he's really good. And when he's with when he's with people that make sense, great with Julia Roberts. Great with um, what was the other hit Chicago? What was the other movie that we talked about that i Internal forgot? Internal Affairs? And no, 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 not that one. Yes, but but oh I hit another and a gentleman. Yes. I mean, he's great with Deborah Winger. There's a kind of star. Like women mostly, but even Andy Garcia, were like these two people make sense together. There are very few. Richard Gere is hard to cast opposite. Like he and Jodie Foster, that that movie Summersby disaster. Um, one of the worst, one of the least comfortable movies I've ever ever watched. The two of them sharing space together. Yeah. Um, he is just one of those people. Like he's sometimes very good, and a lot of times negligible is what I would say.
0: Okay. I'm voting for a conditionally good actor. Where where would you dump a body just out of curiosity?
1: Bill, I think about this almost every day.
0: One of the things I like about this movie is it does put you in the position of, okay, what would I do? There's no way out now. I have a dead body. I gotta clean up. What am I doing now? Yep. What's my yep. next
1: move? I have made a horribly stupid decision. What do I do?
0: Do you call um, the police? Do
1: you per- see, I think the I move don't call for the him. Police is to say
0: he went to confront this guy and they got into a fight and he hit he he was defending himself and he hit the guy with the snow globe and all and miraculously the guy died. I think that's the move because I actually think he would have gotten in a
1: trial, I think he would have gotten off. Craig just said to us both, claim self defense. This is true. This is exactly what you're saying. Claim self-defense. French guy jumped him. Um again, I don't I'm a uh, you're you were talking to a black man who just doesn't want to deal with any of this stuff, and so I'm not killing anybody. I think about it not infrequently, but I don't want to be in put put in any position where I'm even almost about to kill somebody. I won't even choke somebody during sex. I don't like it. It could just take a turn. I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to try man, really hard.
0: This pot went not off the that. rails.
1: <laughs> I think there's,
0: I think there's better options than uh a junkyard or wherever the fuck he was. Right? I'm not Where... leaving it in a junkyard. Yeah, that's By the not way, happening. Junkyard wouldn't a... be my final
1: choice. Why have that big ass house? Why have it? Right. He could have he could have stashed the body under the house, anywhere mm. in the house. They would have never found that body. So what happened
0: to the uh what happened to the Sumners next? Mm. We think the way it left it ambiguous you could argue he never turns himself in. I think they're divorced within the next couple of years, though.
1: Oh, I don't think the marriage survives. Or yeah, I think this survives. is a tough one.
0: It's a little unsurvivable. The affair, he murdered the guy she was having the affair with. I, it's a tough one. Can't really go to marriage counseling
1: for that one. <laughs> but I also think he turns himself in. I think, I, don't think they, I think they turn themselves in. He knows a good lawyer. He can claim self-defense. He, they, they'll work it out. The lawyer panicked. will be like- he got right. rid of the
0: body because yeah. he thought he was going to jail, but that the guy tried to attack him. Crazy yeah, French I mean, guy. Again,
1: there's DNA all over the apartment. They're gonna get caught no matter what. So
0: we don't need to do who won the movie, which usually closes this because Diane Lane won the movie and my heart.
1: <laughs> she already had your heart.
0: Well, she won it again. You've got too Many hearts. people own my heart. My wife owns it the most. But then yeah, there's other course. people who own it for Bits and stretches. Also, I don't feel guilty about talking about Diane Lane because my wife loves this movie. My mom loves this movie. I have to hear them talk about all the time how great the French guy is so they can fuck off. <laughs> Diane <laughs> okay. Lane for life.
1: Okay. Your mom and your <laughs> wife can fuck off. Got it. Um, Diane, but, but yes, Diane Lane for life. Diane Lane for life. I'm so glad you agreed with me that
0: there's an alternate career where she's a megastar.
1: Oh, yeah. you. Been- okay. We're just too classist and too interested in in blondes for that to have really ever happened. Like even if she were a redhead, her odds would have been better. But she just she just made smart choices I would say for her. She knew what her limitations were, I would say. And also, I don't remember how old she was when Under the Tuscan Sun happened in this in and Unfaithful. But it was, there is it was a little some, after. It was- there's something about turning 40. After having one job for a long time, I think there's a there's she was allowed to make this transition into, um, she was allowed to like become a middle aged woman with good parts in movies, and that doesn't always happen for especially for a child actor. Melanie Griffith turned forty, and we just were like, we don't need her. But she is more interesting as an older person than she is as a younger person. Melanie Griffith.
0: In my mailbag for when I was writing for ESPN.com pre-Grantland. I got a mailbag. It was mid 2000s from somebody who wanted me to create the Diane Lane All Stars
1: for women over 40. Yes. Who were like
0: the All Star team. Yes. He was like, and it has to be called the Diane Lane All Stars because I think she had just turned or she was going to turn 40 in like two years or something. And he was like, Diane Lane's going to be 40.
1: Yeah. And it's funny
0: because. Now in 2020, like 50s, kind of the new 40, right? Like there are women now who look—I'd say 60, Bill. Like <laughs> there are people where you find out they're 60, and you're like, you're you're what now? Well, like I guess it would now be the Angela Bassett All Stars because Angela yes. Bassett's over 60 and still looks fantastic. Yes,
1: yes. I mean, like, did did I just find out how old well Susan Sarandon is? What was she like mid 60s, late 60s? Oh no, sir! I believe that woman is like. I want to say she's almost eighty. We should look this up. No, but she's no way. way older than you think she is.
0: Well, she was like, like early forties. She's over seventy, maybe. She's
1: over seventy-three. She's seventy-three years. Wow, old. great job by her. She just it, it like the it, it would have to be like Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett All Stars is a good one because you can get a lot of people on that team.
0: <laughs> the over sixty is tough,
1: and it's just it's just shocking. It's shocking,
0: yeah. Wesley. It yes. was great to see you.
1: Thanks always- for doing such
0: a weird movie with me for the rewatchables. We have, uh, I think we have two more coming later in the year that'll be b- better quality than this one. But this is worth doing. I really just want to have the yeah, Diane no, conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, talking about and Diane Adrian Lane. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all right. Good to see Love. you. Thank you. Nice to uh, see you. Rewatchables coming back. I think, Craig, are we doing one more this week? Yes, Easy A. Easy A. I'm not oh, involved in yes! that Oh, yes! Easy A's EZA. happening later in the week, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget to listen to the Ringer Podcast Network. Don't forget about still processing with Leslie Morris, and uh, and thanks again. See you soon.